it my imagination or are the stars a little brighter in the gamma quadrant yes that's right uh we are here the stars are a little brighter here on d space nine at nine ish season four episode 24 the quickening as this is our final podcast for 2021 here on the d space nine at nine ish podcast i'm not jeff mater i'm dave mater i'm joined with uh cousin davin skillhorn from locutors of trek how you doing tonight davin davian davian i'm sorry of course yeah and i'm um, also not jeff mater you are also not Jeff Mater. Neither of us are Jeff Mater. He's not here, but he's presumably on his way. Uh, he's he's quickening along. The and slowening. He, the slowening. Of um, Jeff Mater. Yes. Uh, along with uh, our different uh, uh, station personnel like Jameel Robinson and uh, Kevin and Ashley Millard. They may be along shortly. But until then, it's you and me, Davin. We're, we, we, have, uh, we have complete control here. We can guide this conversation and talk about this episode so we don't even have to talk about this episode why not we're, let's talk we're, about we're, highlander. We're, we're, we're off book here yeah let's talk about highlander <laughs> the sensation you're feeling is the quickening <laughs> yeah doesn't feel good <laughs> doesn't feel good it gives you lesions it's 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 not that fun always fatal uh, uh what question coming here is what did you guys what did you guys get for christmas the quickening uh, the quickening <laughs> <laughs> i got um i got different things a lot of, a lot of fun things what do you get sam um and then uh when jeff's baby's coming uh february but not tonight it's not why he's not here i don't think unless the baby came early but i think i would go text no. no text anyway the quickening davin um this is uh, an episode very much featured on Bashir but with this like whole um skit at the beginning of the episode um of course Sam got the whole Gilligan's Island box set well then what do you what are you going to do like, we gotta what get are you back. even doing here what are you <laughs> <laughs> you should be on Gilligan's Island right now yeah just on repeat um yeah so the the quickening uh this whole skit at the beginning i played a little bit of it at the top quark oh you got your meal here sorry for the delay the problem the host isn't even here yet irresponsible irresponsible <laughs> uh you know you perhaps a bit uh arrogant you know uh if you were if you were good be like bashir is it my imagination or are the stars a little brighter in the gamma quadrant Dave, it'd be arrogant to think that we're not like Bashir. Yeah. There is no cure. The Dominion made sure of that. And I was so arrogant, I thought I could find one in a week. In a week! <laughs> this episode marks the end of that bright-eyed Bashir we met in the first episode. Yeah, this is yeah. It is kind of like this whole transition for him, where he goes from young guy to like I'm. I've seen some stuff, man. Well, I've been the frontier, yeah. frontier medicine. He frontier wanted, medicine. He this wanted frontier from. medicine when he first started. Yeah, he this did. Is frontier he, medicine. He, he's getting it uh, full on. Uh, but he was supposed to be able to easily cure all these uh, simple frontier folk, you know. So, and uh, yeah. Well, remember Kira dressed him down pretty back in that in that first episode as well. Um, but uh, Jamil, this whole skit we got at the top of the episode, we uh, with Quark's advertisements, his uh, malware infiltrating the different systems, even on the Defiant, 
even the security protocols with Eddington gone, anything can go on, I guess. Isn't this kind of embarrassing that they're at the frontier? Frontier, I say. And they have the 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 Jem'Hadar and the um the founders just running rings around them strategically, and they can't even get their 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 systems protected from malware from inside. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Tampering with the station's comm system is a class three offense. Odo doesn't even Odo doesn't even want there to be security protocols. He wants you to try to break in so he can arrest you. But he 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 allows he he's like makes if you break easy. the law, it makes my job easier. I'm sure the magistrate will take that into consideration when he calculates your fine. Speaking of which, That's Odo style, I believe that. that yeah, it is Odo style. He's like, I'm, I, yeah. um, I'm just gonna let things roll, and then I'll arrest you when you screw up. Um, I'm not gonna worry about getting this button down, which is kind of some of the conflict he's had with Worf at times. Because Worf's just like, if you had this button down, nothing would happen. He's like, oh, really? Guess what? We're in space. <laughs> Stuff's gonna happen, especially next to a wormhole, um, like this. Odo and likes. Odo likes entrapment. Odo likes entrapment. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of which, René Aubergenois, the actor who plays Odo, directed this episode. Um, so, you know, he's doing, you know, he's only in this opening scene and he's really just here to kind of give Cork the gears, you know, in classic style. Um, do you uh, do you like the little jingle? Come to Cork's Crushes Fun. Come right now. Go, Cork. Run! <laughs> oh, I love the part where my name rotates around. <laughs> it's catchy. You know. The nerve. Um, well, you know. I'm thinking about running down the corks and I'm gonna have some fun. Oh yes. There's, well, of course that you know I had I had to pick that up. All your little advertisements aren't purged from our systems. By the time I get back from the gamma quadrant, I will come to quarks and believe me, I will have fun. She will have fun. She's going to she she's going to do him harm. <laughs> Davin. Uh what 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 uh do you think Kira would just grab him by the ears or something like that? Likely. Yeah. <laughs> Odo doesn't have to be the disciplinarian. No throwing you up against the wall, elbowing you in the stomach, you know. Yeah. She whatever get it's going to take at the very least. Yeah. But she's got no time for that. She's, she's got to go to the Gamma Quadrant. <laughs> okay. She's and so even the... awkward in the hollow deck. I mean, she just can't relax. Well, it's Kira. The nerve. Yeah. The nerve. Uh, yeah, this mission. Like what was jingle, this mission? Um, I believe I started one of my debates off with that once. Just, uh, it's just a little advertisement. It's just a little advertisement. How did you do it? <laughs> How did you do it? How did you do it? You were asking uh, what the mission they were on. Well, this whole this whole mission they do. What is this mission they go on? A survey mission? I thought it was. They were testing out a new um, sensor relay that got recently improved. They don't have to um, go down to the surface. They can run the sensor sweeps from um, orbit. Anytime you take a runabout into the Gamma Quadrant instead of the Defiant, I think you're just being dumb. At this stage of, of affairs, just knowing that you could run into Jem'Hadar at any time, and if they if they find you, they are going to probably destroy you, or try to. You probably won't be able to run in time. So, but 
what I don't understand is, and as we get to the plot, it's uh, explained. Um, Kira decides to go to a nebula for a week. Couldn't she just go back to the station and chill and then come back? Yeah, well, no, she goes to hide in a nebula for a week. A week? Going back to the station? When the station is only a couple days away, according to her later on in the episode. You know, so what was she doing in that nebula? Doing the survey? No, she wasn't in orbit. Having an orbit experience. Well, yeah, and so, and like, she's not thrilled to be on this mission, which is, you know... The sooner we get out of the Gamma Quadrant, the better. How can you say that? <laughs> How could you say that? All these points of light. The stars are brighter in the Gamma Quadrant. Is it my imagination or has Julian lost his mind? Has he? Or is he just wide-eyed? He's been on the here for a while now. He's getting a bit loopy. We're almost the end of season four here, guys. Yeah, it's like he's been around. He's done some things. Uh, he's had some rough days here on the station. You know, not his roughest days maybe are still to come. Perhaps, but uh, you know he's he, he's uh yeah he, they're 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 progressing him along here, um and so he you know and they beam down to this or they get this distress call, basically it turns out that uh, you know this distress call is from like two hundred years ago the Dominion this or this planet was like thriving was starting to explore the uh, the galaxy, um and then they defied the Dominion and the Dominion gave them this terrible disease called the. Uh, the blight. The blight. The blight. Which, yeah. Uh, hold on. I'm going to just uh, get a quick shot of it here. Um, which you may find this... on your tomato plants from time to time. <laughs> on your, yeah. Do you know how hard it is to grow tomatoes? Um, oh, look. It's Zial. This is the... Okay. But this is Zial 2. This is Zial 2, yeah. The, who uh, played Zial in only the one episode, but it was this season. A couple of couple Two episodes, episodes ago. ago. Right. Um, okay, and like she's good enough My in least the episode. At least, but she's the, li- the yeah. I'd say, but so. she's great in this episode. I thought as yeah, Coria. Yeah, I thought she was pretty good. Uh, do we have any ZL? I used to think my father was a hero. I think that's the third. Not episode. this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the third ZL. That's the only ZL clip I have. Yeah, so they, they have like this spider <laughs> disease on their face. Um, that once it turns red, no good. You're gonna die probably within a couple of days, very painfully, too. Um, and so this was this was given to these people by the Dominion like 200 years ago. It's pretty kind of horrific science fiction kind of stuff here. Um, you know, that got into sort of a into this era of Star Trek. I thought that this was some pretty dark subject matter in terms of like biological warfare and some stuff they hadn't really tackled in Star Trek up until this point. So I do think that this episode stands apart in a lot of ways. Um, uh, written by Naren Shankar, who, uh, you know, wrote a, a ton of uh, Next Gen episodes, well, a ton, like eight, um, uh, you know, went on to become the, the co-showrunner of The Expanse um, and uh, and did a lot of other things, uh, Outer Limits and whatever. Farscape. Farscape, yeah, but he wrote. Nice. He wrote. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say that's his, his crowning achievement, but you know, um, oh, man, Farscape's awesome. Let's do a but, Farscape podcast. But the quickening, you know, <laughs> uh, we're talking about the quickening. This is the quickening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and so yeah, like I, I guess this whole thing, like they beam down, and they're like, "What are you doing here? You're for you're aliens," and they know what aliens are, but they're not. That doesn't impress them very much. Uh, they're not interested. They're just like, life sucks and we're about to die. You should leave here now. 
go back to where he came from and forget about this place. But they don't listen. Bashir's not. He's going to try to help these people. Um, a lot going on in this episode. Also, um, uh, Dax, uh, she takes, she trades her hair clip um, in the beginning of the episode. She never gets it back, even when she has a chance to. Thoughts? Why? She got. She used it for transportation. It was a fair deal. It was a fair deal, but she when she went back to the runabout, she got, got a new hair clip. It would it would seem Testing like a new hairstyle for Dax. She was going with it. She was like, "I like this. Maybe this is the new me." It doesn't end up being the new her, but it, she, but, she but at the same time, like understand that if you you give someone something valuable and you trade it with them, they think it's a fair deal. Now, if you show up with another one exactly the same they're gonna it be like, ruins the deal game? i get hold you on, okay hold on i thought this was a one-of-a-kind yeah, yep. item i've never seen this you got a ton of them well next time you ask for something well i'm gonna need a bunch of it i'm not gonna just take one you know she's 300 years old it's it's clear she's been around she knows these things you know she I, she doesn't think she thinks about all the angles good job good on you dax uh <laughs> Yeah, and so this episode is really like... I'll be taking most... that brooch now, too, actually. <laughs> yeah, there, there's another <laughs> shot of them. Um, nice brooch. Yeah. Okay, in, in this, in her place in this mission, I think, is interesting because this is a medical mission. This is where Bashir is meant to shine, and he's the lead character, but she's along as his, like, assistant, I guess, or she's, like, the chief science officer, and this is a scientific issue although it's it's you know it's more his field than hers um and so her place here is kind of muddled for me a bit in the you know it, it just in terms of like the problem so she did, she ends up leaving and he ends up solving it without her anyway but she's kind of she is uh in, as opposed to kira who's not along for most of this she's just hanging out in the nebula or whatever she's doing if, um if this was a next gen episode she would be a hologram uh <laughs> Who would be Dax? Kedzia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's a, she's just there for somebody for for uh, Bashir to talk to. Yeah, lab assistant. She's kind of like the lab assistant. Like if they could have if they could have given this episode to Voyager and they could have given this episode to the Doctor and it would have been Castellong instead of Jadzir, right? I, I think I think we got the the improvement in this regard. This is the better the better combination. This is perhaps. the better combination. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, and so, but I guess, and like, I guess we've seen so many episodes where Bashir is trying to do something with O'Brien, especially that one where he was trying to cure those Jemadar of the white. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, Brian. Better them than us. Better them than us. And they, yeah, they, they, they had, that was a bit of a falling out for them, if you, if you remember. And so, yeah, like, so they, instead they pair him here with, with Dax, who he generally gets along with. Maybe the, this is the one he get, he's most friendly with in the entire crew, right? Other than O'Brien. He's got a crush on Dax. When it comes to like going on missions, him and O'Brien, they have yeah. some. He, he does touch her a little. <laughs> um, Who, Dax? Oh, no, Bashir does. Like he, he'll do something, like he'll, he'll like stroke her face and stuff. And I'm like, oh no. Dude. I didn't pick up on that. Mm. You watched again. <laughs> it, it's just, it's weird body language things with the two of them. And you never, she rarely instigates it unless she's like driving home point. He's like, wouldn't it be cool if, uh, if we one day, uh, hooked up? She's like, that's my next host. Not this one. <laughs> Is it my imagination or has Julian lost his mind? 
Um, and I think so, this okay. episode's really uh, propelled forward by the guests. Guest stars really, really hit. Like, yeah, and her, I want to talk about the Trevian and even Trevian, the other guy. I think, like, is maybe the most memorable uh, of them all. I would say because he's so he's so like kind of diametrically opposed in in a lot of ways to um, specifically to Bashir in this one because they have different philosophies around life and death and sort of assisted suicide and all those kinds of things. I'm just trying to find a shot of Trippy in here, but, uh, the doc, he's a good doctor. Yeah. He doesn't like, they're, he doesn't even want the help at, at the beginning. He's like, it's too dangerous. The dominion's going to come in. Um, he kicks but, them out, but he's one of the ones feel that he's, he's somewhat justified though. Well, yeah, I Is think he that, a doctor. He says he takes away pain, and that's why he's a doctor. It's like he's kind of a—he's probably like a pharmacist. <laughs> yeah, he's more like an anesthesiologist. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's—he's he's got compounds that will kill you somewhat painlessly. Other than that, I, that's all I really. And then he, I guess he's going to be vaccine uh, distributor slash baby holder up in the air he, at, the, at the end where he's like holding up the baby like Lion he's King. Rafiki. Yeah. He's Rafiki. He's Rafiki at the end here. Yeah. So this, this actor, um, he's actually a Canadian actor guys um, from Quebec city, Michael Sarazin uh, actually died in 2011. He died uh, about 10 years ago, but uh, he's quite good in this episode. And I think that the, he plays off really well against uh, Alexander Sedig in this one. I think just this whole thing is like, yeah, everyone's, everyone is born with this disease. And everyone's gonna die from it, and um, and and that's all there is to it. Like you know, it's just a matter of when. And he's one of the oldest people to kind of like not have his activate, but it's gonna get him eventually. Um, two hundred years, two hundred years. He's probably what in this maybe fifty something, right? Yeah, maybe 50, 60, 60, something like that. He I'd was say. he was born into this, and seeing you know person after person die young and old. All right, and then a variety of people who have come by, tried their luck, and then skedaddled, leaving things uh, worse for wear. Sorry, um, I can absolutely understand his point of view in a situation. Yeah, I do too. I understand where why Bashir is saying the things he's saying, and I think especially at this time, uh, it, I guess in 1996, you know, you guys may remember um, there was a lot of conversation around this, so like the, the idea, the idea of assisted suicide, euthanasia. Uh, Doctor Kavorkian comes to mind as a pop culture reference from the decade, and so he's kind of he, like this. Um, um, what's his name? Terra Terrian, uh, Terrian. Trevian, like they, he's kind of uh, like an allegory Trivian. to that. Yeah. Like the whole, and they're like, I thought you were like a healer. He's like, I am. I make them die really quickly. And then they're no longer suffering, which, you know, I think I do understand the point of view. I understand the, the argument. I don't know if there's any solving for this argument, but at the end, Bashir is not stopping them, you know, really from carrying out these like mass euthanasias when all later on, when all of his medical research equipment, like the EM fields basically exacerbate their disease and make it so painful. And they're all like just dying in agony around them. He's like, let's give them a bunch of Advil or the, whatever the equivalent was. Co the Cortrazine. The Cortrazine. Yeah. Is that what That's made Sulu crazy? Scene. Um, yeah, it was, was a very... I thought he gave them episode, or no, no, not Sulu. The one that uh, McCoy got when he was like, uh, "Assassins, 
You know, back in the city on the edge of forever. I forget. It's so uh, great. Murderers! Assassins! Oh my god. <laughs> no, don't come at Yeah, he's just, he had so many like crazy rats. Well, Trevian's one of the people that, uh, what's her name? Acoria is referring to when she says they've come to worship death. So he, yeah, like, you know he doesn't want Bashir to go after the, it's his god essentially at this point. Yeah, I think that these people um, who I don't know if we ever get a name for their species, do we? Um, or their planet for that matter? The Quickeners. The Quickeners. Okay. Uh, yeah, they've dealt with a lot of snake oil salesmen too. They've said yeah. so they don't really believe them. Yeah, they're like, you better not be selling false hope, or we're gonna. Probably stone you in the middle of town square or something like You'd that. Wish you got the blight. You'll wish <laughs> it will make the blight look light. He says, you know, like, uh, you'll have it coming if you do. So he's always careful, be like, I'm not promising anything, but what if you could live? <laughs> you probably won't. Uh, there was this guy uh, who, uh, you know, he—that's the guy who warned him at the beginning to like get out of here, leave, and don't look back. Um, and he's like the biggest skeptic. He's kind of always um, going at Bashir. But then when Bashir and uh, and what's her name, Eprim, I guess her name was right. Aporum, Aporia, Apora, all of the above, maybe. Uh, yeah, she was like, "Listen, like, what do we got to lose? We're all gonna die anyway." Maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. Uh, yeah, we don't want to have false hope, but like, maybe we could try because Bashir needs a couple of people who have active their 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 lesions activated, the quickening to come. They quickened. They quicken and they had to fe be feeling the uh, the sensation, uh, if you will, sensation uh, of death. Um, this dude, I kept thinking his name was Angel because I felt like he he kind of served the same purpose of Angel in Rent. Where he's just <laughs> he's he's dying of AIDS. <laughs> he's dying, and it's like he dies. End of end of uh, screaming, basically. No, well, end of Act One. Act Two begins now. It just it felt like it was like a a bookend to that beginning part of the um, of the episode. All right, and um, Jedzia was his Tom Collins, more or less. Yeah, it says that the actor's Dylan Haggerty from uh, Con Air, The Postman, SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Um, been on some other things too. <laughs> Con Air and SpongeBob SquarePants, as you do. <laughs> and Con Air. Yeah, but, he, but like this supporting cast, like this planet of aliens that basically just look like humans with spider lesions on their face until they're born without them. And then they look exactly it's like the beginning like of uh, being assimilated. It's just. Yeah, yeah, it looks a little bit borgy too, like a little bit with those implants and things. But I thought they did a good job with the makeup and like and, and making it look painful. It looks like real veins and things mm -hmm. that are like almost throbbing at times, depending on the, like the, how the lights bouncing off them. So a lot of credit there. Um, do you think the Borg would be able to assimilate them? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Nanite can take care of the quickening, no problem. Like the Dominion versus the Borg, I always thought would have been an interesting kind of matchup to see too, um, and then what that would have been like. But yeah, would they be able to debate that on an episode of Debate Night? Ooh. Oh, well, um, but yeah, like I think that the like the the Borg, sorry, have the ability to they have the medical knowledge of like I don't know many cultures, thousands, hundreds of thousands of planets they've assimilated. I think they would be able even to the Vidians likely. They have Even the, at least somebody else. 
would the the EM field from the um, implants would they have to for uh, like the first couple of people who were uh, assimilated would obviously I think would die quick, right? And then they'll make adjustments, understand what's happening, and then adjust accordingly. Hmm. That sounds plausible. I'm gonna go with that. Right. If 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 we're going down that route, okay. Yeah, like it's I don't know, like I how how the how the Borg would solve medical problems uh, on, on because once you're assimilated, you're like one of the family, aren't you? You're one of the drones. <laughs> so cue uh, sitcom music. <laughs> uh oh, they just, the... they just disconnect the the faulty ones though. Yeah, they don't, yeah, they don't, they don't like they it. don't like defective drones, do they? No, they just cut uh, those off like an arm. Right. They would just cut like, arms they off. They use that same analogy in another one that they can't connect, disconnect locutus because it'd be like disconnecting an arm. But anyway, I'm but they could myself. Now. But they have to take off like those pieces, and then they vaporize off of their bodies, like in the you know, it's like three pieces. You're tied to take off their armor. Anyway, um, so this whole thing, this the the whole part here after like Bashir breaks, right? Because he's trying to, he's like, I've got to figure this out. You know, he's coming along. They're able to isolate the virus. They're like, this is good news. We're making progress. And then this whole thing where, you know, basically all these volunteers die painfully. And as we said, that was a pretty intense scene until um, and, until uh, the, you know, the, the, the healer showed up to you know quickly uh, distribute the poison. Um, and everyone's like, they're all calling to him like, please come and kill me. This was a complete mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so yeah, the Trivian, yeah, come on, Trivian, Trivian, get over here. He's like, <laughs> don't get in my way. I, I'm having my end of life celebrations all over the place. Um, Luckily, he wasn't petty. Yeah, he, he, he's not petty about this, and you would think that maybe even after this whole incident, that like the um, the aliens, whoever these people are called, I can't. I they, you think that they would be um, maybe more upset, but they're not. They're just kind of like, eh. That sucked, and I think the Trevian is kind of disappointed in him, or sort of like, "Look, I told you," but I think he pities him. Pities him, yeah, because I, he but... sees what what like the emotional toll is on Bashir, and he's like, "Look, dude, I told you, like this is <laughs> you're coming into this thinking like your ego is there, and you're thinking that you're going to solve all of our problems, but I've been down this path, like." For a multitude of years, and I've, this is his whole life, and yeah. Bashir's been here like a couple of days. A week. Our current solution is that we like we understand our limitations, and you know, this is our reality. And in a sense, he's get, absolutely right. I get the impression that he was once like Bashir too, and like he probably had that optimism because why else do you go into the medical field on such a world, right? If you don't uh, think you can maybe yeah, do there must be still like doctors, or... right? Because like, what if you have a problem? Like, I don't know, you break your leg or, you know, whatever, like a non lesion phage. You get a little disease. cloth and you wrap it around you. Yeah, exactly. They just leave little kids with broken arms all the time on this yeah, world. Just, day. <laughs> because like, yeah, that part where like Bashir literally fixes a, a kid's broken arm. Right. And he's like, well, fixing a broken arms. That's nothing. <laughs> It's like, like well, you didn't do it, Trevian. <laughs> yeah, what, Trevian? I thought you were the healer. You, I didn't see you doing anything for this kid. That poor so kid, the, that that the blight's probably in his bones is going to quicken soon. Is going to die. 
Well, that's what Trevian thinks. Trevian thinks <laughs> like any uh, anything but poison is is a waste of his time. He's like, Hope he didn't fix that bone with an EM field. <laughs> <laughs> right, but after this, like the whole like Bashir is broken, and he's just kind of like sauntering around. <laughs> <laughs> he still has his weapon on him, though. Yeah, just like displaying it openly, like "Don't fuck with me. I will shoot you. I am not all right here. I'm not um, hanging me in the town square." Yeah, and this whole thing where he, this whole like little confession he gives to um, to Jedzia. I'm going to tell you a little secret, Jedzia. I was looking forward to tomorrow, to seeing Kira again, casually asking, how was the nebula? And oh, by the way, I cured that blight thing those people had. Yeah. What a jerk. There is no cure. The Dominion made sure of that. And I was so arrogant, I thought I could find one in a week. Augment um, moment. Yeah. Do you have the second part? Um, uh, uh, Dax's response to... Uh, no, I, I didn't pull her. But yeah, she says, it's not so arrogant, or it was maybe a bit arrogant to think you could solve this in a week, but it's more that you like you failed, and now you think it's impossible. You're only arrogant you could thinking that only you could have solved it in the first place. Yeah, Dax... Yeah. Like, you know, she, but it's fine. It's a good moment for her. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Then she disappears and, and yeah, like, she kind of like flakes off. She's nebula. like, but but because I couldn't solve it in a week and I got things to do. Bye. Like I'm not science. <laughs> she disappears. I'm supposed to be playing Tongo. <laughs> like I always wonder. Like Dax is the science officer, right? And this is maybe the most sciency thing that's come up all season, at least. Um, and she's just like, you know what, busy. She can't use any of her EM field um, style, um, you know, equipment. So she's like, mm, "It's hard." Have fun with your leeches, Julian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have fun with the spider face people. Um, <laughs> they're all, and, yeah. But he's, he just, he says, "I, I can't give up. I can't, I can't just leave." So he, because uh, the, um, the pregnant woman, she's just like a poor, a param, a para, a coria, a cora. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> still doesn't go. Still doesn't go. Anyway, Bashir, he's moving in. He beams down with a bunch of like suitcases and supplies. And... Fields. Yeah. Here, um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna help you. Did he bring a change of clothes, you think? <laughs> no. No, he doesn't need it. Change of underwear? Uh it's space. Field rations. A replication. Or he just cleans them with EM fields. Yeah, Kira's like, do you know what? You can stay and like we can be in a couple days once you give us a signal. Um, okay. So he just needs it. He can get a call an Uber anytime. He, and meanwhile, he's just like, <laughs> he's doing this. What's he doing on Star Wars? Yeah, this is like very Tatooine esque. Eh? Uh, this whole planet. There's very. It was part matte painting, part uh, part practical set. I love everyone uh, just chilling. Yeah, just chilling. We're like, we're all gonna die one day of this uh, of this disease. And supposedly so not... there's food processing, but no one is seen walking. Yeah, and then he's he's basically uh, trying to keep Apora, whatever her name is, alive. I spelled for... it for you right here, Akori. <laughs> <laughs> whatever her name is. Whatever her name is, Acoria. <laughs> she dies anyway. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, but her baby lives. 
<laughs> a baby lives. It's uh, it's you know, it's not a long cure. live the placenta. It's not a cure. It's a vaccine. Yeah. How timely? He's like basically she's she. Ideally, she would have to live. She would uh, the baby be born in six weeks. He's like, you need to survive at least two more, and I guess she does, right? Yep. But it's it's so y- yada yada, and there's so much time jumps. So I guess this whole episode takes place over the course of like what three weeks, four weeks, a month plus. I would say a month. Three weeks. Yeah. Do you think how, how do you think that uh, we never got a resolution to Quark's advertisements? Do you think I guess they were all purged? He was happy. He's like, what? I had so much time to spare. I could have left it in for a couple more days. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Kira's just going to chill at a nebula for a week. Okay. <laughs> it was just a quick promotion anyway. He didn't want to keep giving free refills away. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Do you guys think it was, it, it was pretty like emotional, I thought, in here in the end, uh, like just watching Akoria sort of like slowly die. And then like there's this whole like kind of part where Trevian shows up and almost like the devil tempting her. He's like, do you want me to kill you? I'll kill you so fast. The baby... The baby will die too, but it will it will it will it will, it will, it will be okay. It won't feel pain. It won't feel That's pain. Where but his isn't worship it... was coming it... in, and he just seemed like that preacher sort of character. Yeah, but doesn't isn't this Jamil where Bashir proves him wrong? Because you know, to give into Trivian's philosophy would have been the mistake here. Because you know, this baby's born with a new hope. You're another result, Star Wars reference. You're a results-driven individual. It's <laughs> well, yeah, it's fictional, so <laughs> they can have it that way. It's like, oh, you were right in this case. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back, Dave. But I think that's what I think that's what the, the writing's trying to tell us. Uh is, is the moral of the story, right, Davin? Like that, you know, Trevian, while he was kind of more practical than Bashir, and like, you know, we should try to eat, you know, end the suffering, not sell these people false hope. But on the other hand, he had gonna he's so far along that he doesn't even know what hope is anymore. Yeah, the moral of the story is definitely like it doesn't hurt to try, or you know, you've never exhausted all possibilities. And you know, worshiping death's probably not the greatest idea. But no. but you know, what I like about Trevian, the way they portray his character too, is once um, Julian's proven successful with the you know the baby at least with the inoculation, um, he. He doesn't argue after that at all. He just snaps to right away. He's like, "Can I give everybody this?" He just, he, there's there's no ego there or anything. He's just like, "Oh, this is awesome. Let's do it." You know, I liked that. Kind of redeems his character somewhat. Well, yeah. There's like there's kind of like this real like reconciliation between him and Bashir at the end, where they kind of understand each other that they they both want the same thing. They just are have different expectations about what's practical or possible. In some ways, they don't want suffering to continue, and they want to. They would love there to be a cure, but they, they're they're dealing with like sort of the here and now, and in, in completely different ways and completely different standpoints, which makes sense for to who they are and what their backstories are. So another credit to the writing. Good on you, Naren Shankar. Good episode. And who's to say that you know Julian cures the quickening, and the Jem'Hadar don't just like swing back in a month and give them a new one? Who's to say? Uh, this got pretty like, ugh. <laughs> this, like she's like dying of this disease hey. while giving birth. Yeah, it's rough, eh? Gzeal. <laughs> yeah, she's like, and she doesn't even get to keep in Zeal after this. They're like, you're, they're all gonna confuse you with that. Uh, like, but the baby's born. 
Um, and it turns out born without lesions. It's a very momentous occasion. Woo, you know, uh, it's it's not a cure, it's a vaccine. Uh, it's the circle of life. It's not a cure, it's a vaccine. It's the circle of life. Oh, yeah, I need the baby shot. Where's the baby shot? Yep. He's just yeah. like, very, okay, but like, pregnant women right now, you should be out inoculating. You are Trevian. Stay on task here. You need to get out inoculating pregnant women right now. <laughs> you don't have time to be holding up a baby. Dude, let's delegate. You know, cancel. Well, day, you, Simba. This will yeah. all be yours. Does the baby even get a name? Simba. Simba? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, let's okay. And, and guys, nothing kills me more than the end of this episode. Because of this guy. Because it's such a funny episode. It's such a, it's so funny here at the end, just because it's Cisco and the way Cisco deals with this ending. Uh, <laughs> guess it's, where is it? Where is it? Uh, oh, sorry, guys. I just need to add this in. Keep talking. Keep talking. Yes. Keep yes, talking. Dead air is not fun. <laughs> Cisco does something. Cisco's gonna do a thing, and it's gonna be exciting and Rocky. styling. Yeah. Okay, nobody listen to this ending, you know. People are still dying back then. Yes, but their children won't. That's what I keep telling myself, son. And he's like, "Yeah, just keep telling yourself stuff." And he just walks away. He doesn't even <laughs> say anything. You know, he's like, "You went there for a month. I, you didn't do your job here for a month, by the, for the record." I don't know who was doing the job over here. Several you people died. I never see like I never see another doctor. I only see uh, Patricia Tallman from Babylon Five playing a nurse. Sometimes who doesn't even get a line. Can you believe it? And then, um, and when someone's and, from Babylon Five, you generally don't give them lines. Come on, unless it's, Andre unless it's Andreas Katsoulis. or Bill Ooh. Mummy. He'll be on like uh, in a season yeah, seven episode, or, or, or Bill Mummy. That's fair. You know, come on, to, to, to Patricia Tallman. She was great in uh, in a bunch of things. Anyway, but like on on like uh, the other ships, like uh, McCoy even had like another doctor on the Enterprise. We met a few times, and then Crusher had Doctor Salar, uh, the Vulcan doctor. We sometimes saw, mm -hmm. but we never we never and well, the image only is him because he was the only one left. But but Bashir never really you ever see. Yeah, Tom Paris. Yeah, Tom Paris is his medic and Cass. Yeah. yeah, what a staff! But but uh, Bashir doesn't really have much of a staff, a medical staff. Sometimes I guess Dax is his assistant, uh, like Dax. in this episode. Dax, who is Dax? Um, but like I just, I guess I just he mentions it, it, other doctors though, so there's definitely like a team because they, they they do mention them by name sometimes. Yeah, but it, it's just like the pragmatism of Cisco, how he is. This Cassidy Yates is in prison, you know. He's he's like, listen, life sucks right now. It's got getting laid again and I'm going to wait for my girlfriend to get out of jail you know I can't even play the field I can't even hook up with Mirror Cura should the opportunity arise they would be wrong I'd be cheating on Cassidy so you know just deal with it Bashir anyway, that's, my little, that's my little take on it um, <laughs> have it, you just, seen the intendant Bashir <laughs> he's like yeah I did she threw me into the dilithium mines with <laughs> smiling <laughs> That she was gonna like rip out my intestines across the promenade and let me die for days. There was a whole speech. Um, anyway, uh, 
So yeah, so guys, this this episode I thought very solid, very different than a lot of other D Space Nine episodes. Doesn't feel like uh, as much, other than maybe that scene at the beginning with Odo and Quark, which kind of grounds it. Sort of like, okay, it's just another week here in the station. I feel like this episode could only take place at this very particular time in the show because of a few things. One. The Dominion is a threat. They know what the Dominion is. They get to see the suffering of the Dominion, but this is before the war actually starts. So this gives them this opportunity, I guess, to kind of like hop into the Gamma Quadrant here and have like sort of a side mission before, you know, they. De this seems like harder to do post that the kick war kickoff to uh, get that story in. And, um, and just, I guess Bashir, who we want him, I guess who they want him to be going into season five. I'm still trying to figure out exactly when he got nabbed. Yeah, I'm just thinking that too. I, I think it's too early. We're still way too early. This is still the real. It'd be machine. weird if a changeling cured, like cured the quickening. That would be weird. Yeah, no, this is not changeling this year, I would say. <laughs> but I, I remember it being like there's some episodes you would think are definitely Bashir, but they aren't. It's the changeling, and you're like, what? Weird. But yeah, so it is pretty funny. It's a bit of backtracking. Uh, yeah so okay uh well Je normally jeff would be here to give us fun facts at this point do we yeah, do not have details discovered jeff. by dave we'll have to do i guess we'll have to do details discovered by dave and uh and here we go guys did you know that the uh the mug that was showed uh quark's face at the beginning was uh actually an earlier promotional um uh video or photo where he had a different nose on the prosthetic nose of rom and that's why it looks a little bit different oh, in the photo. Here, I got it. I got it here. Ooh. See, that's a ROM nose. Uh, you can buy that mug, but it doesn't have the picture of Quark on it. It has everything else. Dang. It's a cool mug. Probably because of the ROM nose. Yeah, Quark had previously inquired about promoting merchandise on DSpace Nine's monitor, which Cisco denied in the episode "The Gemadar," which was the season two finale. He got through though, and it wasn't even—it wasn't even Cisco dealing with this. It was—he's like, he went to Kira. He's like, "You better get to him." She's like, "Oh, I will be going to Quark's, and I will have fun. I will say that to him." <laughs> he's like, "Good, good." It was the same jingle in that episode, but it was going over like all the loudspeakers in the station. It was the same jingle, right? It's like I look especially yeah. it didn't have the didn't have, have the animatic run. though, I don't think. Like where his name spins. No, I don't think so. Um Koval, the chairman of the Tal Shiar, would ask Bashir about the events in this episode, in the seventh season episode, Inter Arma Enum, Silent Ledges. One of those Greek legacies. Mm -hmm. I'm not so up on my Greek. This episode was filmed prior to uh, to the death, which was the episode we watched last week, but it aired a week later. Um, so, because I was in that episode, uh, Bashir doesn't go on the mission with the, to the, the with the Jemadar. We had mentioned that he would have been too morally outraged, and I think like that's where Cisco shows up at the end. He's like, "Yeah, good thing you weren't on that mission to the Jemadar." Where uh, I was going to bring that up to Jeff tonight, you know, where where Cisco just lets that Jemadar first kill his his second and goes, and, and Jeff wanted to have criminal prosecution, thought that Cisco was like a like a um, an accessory to murder. Basically, because he allowed that to happen in, in the mess hall and just walked away. Um, I dare say there's ancient Greek in every episode of Locutors of Trek. So for your ancient Greek Star Trek analogies, go to Locutors of Trek. Yeah. 
This was the first mention of Kukalaka, which was Bashir's teddy bear. Did he get the, was Kukalaka before or after his genetic engineering? Before. 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 When Sorry, he couldn't tell. Dramatic pause. <laughs> he, he was a kid who couldn't tell a tree from a house and a dog from a horse or something like that. It wasn't good. It was, wasn't good. <laughs> Struggle it a little bit. Uh, this episode takes place in 2372. House. Uh, no, Julian, that's mommy. <laughs> Was it the math of love triangle says, um, um, so, um, wait, so I'm a triangle? No, that's a shoe. So I'm a triangle? No, that's you. So I'm a triangle? What? No. And then she goes one, two, three, eight, five, six, go. Um, but she what? doesn't know what a triangle is. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, check it out. Math of Love Triangles. Great song. Great one. Uh, check out this one. Um, this episode is a favorite of Alexander Siddig. Uh, he elaborates, uh, you know, he says, I love that show. I mean, I love doing it. And Renee directed it, Renee Aubergenois. He was great at directing that show. I really enjoyed the fact that there's this doctor that turns up on this planet and he's so arrogant and full of himself and he thinks he can cure the planet all the diseases and probably get whatever the equivalent of the Nobel Prize is and he fails and he kills a bunch of people and a whole bunch Guaranteed. of people die because he screwed up that doesn't happen on TV the good guys don't screw up and I love the fact that it all went horribly wrong and he had to you know go back to the drawing board and figure out where he went wrong maybe it's because I was terribly arrogant maybe it's because I put my own interests above those of my patients that's a great lesson for any doctor he says when was that interview taken? I bet that was prior to, uh, uh, you know, September of 12, 2011. Sorry, what? 2001. Why is that? <laughs> oh, it was when they did the season four DVD. Whenever okay. that was so. uh, that's what we see that all the time. That's called CNN. <laughs> Yeah, but like I guess he was thinking of like I guess like ER and shows like that at the time, but other hospital shows or doctor shows. Um, Terry Farrell also thought this. Uh, Terry Farrell, who plays Dax, also thought this episode was exceptional, commenting that it was a good one to work on because I think I was thinking about AIDS metaphor while we were shooting. I felt like we had a touch of reality in that episode. Sid was so good. Bashir's ego was really driven to cure that disease. And I thought it was interesting that Dax was a step back and more realistic than Bashir. She thought you should do everything you can. But at the end of the day, felt that you got to let it go a little bit. So you had a strength to come back the next day and be fresh enough and try to do it. You know, she sounds like, go for a break. You've been work she says he's been working nonstop for days. Did he even sleep? Um, yeah, that's true. She did say that. Yeah. Uh, so of course he missed the EM field um, issue. Yeah, a lot of things came he together. Said I was Stephen Bear. Need to sleep he, as often as the rest of us. No, he is also genetically engineered, and that might have something to do with it, uh, with his endurance and his stamina. Um, and that then, and he's addicted know, to Ketracel White. They don't talk about it a lot on the show, but is he? Inside knowledge, no, no. <laughs> Lies, lies. What a laugh. Well, um, like miserably, but it was a joke. Every occasion you just see him, he's like, mm, that white. The white. Uh, the, the guy who, who designed the set, <laughs> Contact, designed this city from this episode. It's, it kind of feels like they're using some of the same sets. Eh? Yeah. Uh, it looks like, like you said. Tatooine. Tatooine. Or Montana. 
Uh, and I think that oh, and Kurt Lofton does not appear in this episode. Jaco, he should have been um, in the whole Quirk uh, skit. <laughs> Why not? Why not include him there? Not as well. Yeah, you know, you'd be like, hey, but no, we have to throw. That we got it. We, wait, is we got it? No, wait. Throw uh, Wharf into this one. Um, I ordered a glass of prune juice from the replicator in the Defiance mess. This is what it came in. It's funny how much that angers him. This is what it came in. I don't want to hear you sing when I drink prune juice. There's no honor in advertisement mugs. Not on your warrior's drink. No. (laughs) Big shot of fiber. Okay, let's rate the quickening. Um, Yes. Uh, okay, so Ashley, Kevin, and I guess Jeff fell asleep. I don't know where Jeff is. Uh, Jeff was like the um, <laughs> USA in uh, the World Juniors. Uh, asleep at the wheel. Um, no, they um, they uh, forfeited. Oh, for what? Why? Being tired? COVID. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, oh. seems out of their control. I'm going to rate this one. I'm going to give it a nine. Um, I'm going to give this an 8.5. 5? 8.5. Jeez. Oh, man. (laughs) Give me a heart attack. (laughs) 5. And Davin. This one's an 8 for me. Okay. 10. Okay. And so uh, averaging tonight without the others here, uh, we are 8.5, which makes sense. You're an 8, I'm a 9. Jamil's an 8.5, and and we average 8.5. Okay. This has a 7.7 on IMDb. uh, As we mentioned, Arene Aubergenois and Naren Shankar, Narendra 3 himself. Do do you Um, feel that rating is fair? What's that? 7.7. Do you think that 7.7? Yeah. Well, a bit low. I think it's a bit low, actually. Yeah, I think that uh, yeah. it's it could be. It, but, but you know, I like it more than the average viewer does. I liked this one more on this viewing than like in the previous ten times I've seen it. So maybe this, I don't know. I agree. Like it was, this was watching, this was the having best. a child. Maybe that's another one of those episodes because I've noticed some episodes hit me different since then. And this might be one of those. I think like when I watched this in the past, I'm like, ah, it's the Bashir episode where he's trying to cure the sick people. But you know, then I'm like, you know what? It's actually a pretty good episode in a lot of ways. It's 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 uh looking back on it, that's kind of the, the thing you realize this episode's a lot better. And especially when you watch all these different episodes week to week to week, and you're like, some of these are really bad, or some of these are incredibly mediocre. Yeah. Um this is this is a good one. This is a good story, self-contained. I, I think Cynic's it's always a, really good too. Yeah, I think it's a good episode, but it's it doesn't hit its full potential, and you kind of feel it, and that's why I feel like it got a lower rating. Okay, what what would it uh, it need to have its full potential? I, I feel like in the second act, it kind of when when Dax leaves, there's like there's a lull period. Right where Bashir is just kind of just moping about, and it doesn't. It, it just stuff happens as opposed to there being like a motivational. I'm not saying that there's supposed to be a speech, but there should be a trigger or some some kind of. It just like it happens as opposed to something leading to that moment. 
right? And then he takes a lot of leaps. It's like, oh, it's in the placenta. It's like, you would need to, like, research that. It just kind of hurries up at the end. Yeah. It, it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be the natural flow in the story that is there in the first act in comparison to the second act. And when you look at it on, like, the season, it's kind of like a lull. It's a bit of an awesome episode sandwich. It's got, like, for the cause, I think, and to the death before it, which are really exciting kind of war action sort of episodes. And then Body Parts is next, which is just an awesome. Body hilarious. Parts is a great episode. Um, guys, yeah. remember, we were watching The Muse a few weeks ago. Like, you're, it could get bad. It could get really bad. Uh, but it never gets that bad again. Hopefully. Can, no, it doesn't those days really. are behind us. Yes. Um, J. Cole. Uh, yeah, Body Parts, the next one, which is, uh, if you don't remember, if this is where Quark learns he is dying and he auctions off his vacuum-desiccated body to raise capital. But, uh, you know, Brunt kind of swindled him. And it comes about, uh, and all the ways he has to hire Garrick to kill him. That's that's my favorite part of it. He's like, you don't like this, you don't like that. You're a very hard person to kill. Um, is it, isn't it ironic that the writer of The Muse could have used one? <laughs> it is i, I would say that's it's irony to me yeah, yeah that's uh that's dramatic irony and then um uh, uh the other b plot of that is that dr bashir transfers keiko's baby into major kira that's coming up this is a great episode yeah body this parts is, body yeah, parts this is, indeed this is vacuum great. desiccation right okay I, I, there's going to be sound clips you can count on it from that one and then we'll be finishing up with broken link although like i and i will talk about it when we get to it but the episode that starts off season five which is um uh, apocalypse, apocalypse rising, rising really feels like the finale of season four in a lot of ways uh, than it does like the premiere of season five but it is the premiere of season because they filmed it at the end of season four they didn't film it uh, that next season mm. so um but we're gonna talk about that a lot of good uh episodes coming up on d space nine at nine ish as we finish out season four uh it is remains the highest rated season so far but season five a lot to anticipate a lot of strong stuff coming up also check out our other podcasts here on live long and podcast monday nights we talk about star trek enterprise can you believe it um it you know it, we just started off on that we just talked about the episode unexpected last night um what's that uh, uh julie chandler uh, oh that's in my other soundboard damn it Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> distracting noises is what i'm making right now distracting Delay. noises of yep saying stuff expect the unexpected there that's right go. that's what we talked about it was not even worth it uh <laughs> for the amount of time it took me to get there but yes we, we talked about that last night we'll be talking about um i think the andorian episode next week uh jody simpson adam woodward and kevin millard when he's feeling better uh talking about that show and if you want to know more about star trek enterprise or you already know about it and just want to hear what we think about episode to episode check that every monday night I can do anything. also on uh thursday coming up this thursday we're going to be talking about star trek discovery season four episode seven i believe it's the mid-season finale um what's uh this is my this is my new uh, discovery clip. Stormy weather. You got to find out. You got to watch it to find out why. 
Of course. But based on the, the most recent episode, Stormy Weather. But we're going to be talking about To the Point. Yes, uh, Davin's not feeling Star Trek Discovery. But we, it's, it's, we're talking about it. And then that, when that show goes on hiatus, we'll be back in a week. No, your uh, guys' is talking about it is better than the show. Yes. Everyone should watch your guys' review of it. Yeah, just don't even watch Discovery. Just watch what we think yeah. about Discovery. And then, yeah. uh, Davin, we're going to be talking about uh, Star Trek Prodigy as it comes back in a week's time on January 6th uh, to, to finish out their first season. We'll be talking about that with Jessica Chan, although she had a rough Christmas. If you, I don't know if you saw mm -hmm. her Facebook post, but uh, she, 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 like, food poisoning. I'm sure she'll make it. She'll make it in a week, I would hope, or a week in two days. But uh, yeah, she uh, food poisoning, rolling ankles, her kid fell down. There was a lot. Possibly going on. quickened. Possibly got the quickening. Uh, it's it, there's all kinds of different things going on. So check out that we have new and old Star Trek reviews here on Live Long and Podcast. Plus, we do Star Trek Radio Theater. Uh, most recently, Star Trek First Contact. You can still listen to the live version, or you can forever. We're not taking it down um, on YouTube, Facebook, uh, in our Twitch streams. Or I will be creating an edited version with this week sometime, which I'm off all week for Christmas, um, and that is my plan. Uh, maybe even working back on some of the backlog of season two Radio Theater episodes. Uh, Commander. Commander. Commander, am I working on the editing, Commander Crusher? Um, <laughs> am I? That was, am that I? was killing me. It's <laughs> really spoken questions. Back to the hilarious. Enterprise. To the Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, you should also check out um, our other channel, uh, Super Mater Brothers Podcasting, that I do with Jeff Mater. We are the same, McCloud. We are brothers. I, just, I, had to, I had to play it. We are brothers! We are brothers! <laughs> just like Highlander, there is only one, Dave. There can be only one, here. though. Or one of us can be one. on time or be awake for the podcasts on a given yeah. night. But. And, 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 and of course, with Jameel Robinson, who does all these great podcasts with us, uh, including Spider Man No Way Home most recently. Um, and Are we, we doing Hawkeye? Hawkeye. <laughs> well, I'm I'm kind of getting tired of Jeff to watch Hawkeye. Like I'm like, Are you gonna watch Hawkeye so we can do a podcast? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna get around to it. I'm like, Hawkeye. okay, we kind, of, we kind of want to get the podcast out in a somewhat timely fashion, you know? He's like, uh, I don't know. So that's that. But Hawkeye, you know, we might just have to go ahead without him, Jamil. I don't know. Mm. Um, we'll have to see. I, I, we are brothers. We are but, brothers. But uh, you know, we gotta we gotta get the Hawkeye podcast going. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, my life is a weapon. Yeah. Which is, my uh, life is a season. weapon. The season's based upon it. Great, great season. I do want to talk about it. Uh, you can check out that on Super Mario Brothers podcasting. We did Survivor season forty-one. Uh, well, we, we're, we'll find out when we when I talk to Jamil, who I don't think likes it as much as me. Uh, but then um, we also talked about Big Brother season twenty-three and Big Brother Canada nine in twenty twenty-one. We'll be looking ahead to. Yeah, it's Celebrity Big Brother coming up, Jamil. Uh, we're gonna be talking about on uh, Super Mario Brothers. Is podcast. Spicy V coming back? She's a celebrity uh, in my book. Well, you know, she, hopefully on Big Brother Canada All Stars, if that was yeah. ever a thing. Um, so check 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 out our, our other channel there. Plus, you can check out Trivial Debates, our monthly show where we argue about movies, TV, sports, and more. Mm -hmm. Davin Skellhorn just competed yesterday morning, a special Christmas edition with Max Duda hosting. Adam Woodward from many of our podcasts, and my son Eamon was competing. Uh, great show. It was a lot of different Christmas-themed questions, like best Christmas movie, best uh, Doctor Who Christmas special. Christmas, uh, holiday songs, some great debates. I had one, I had outside of the two obvious questions that didn't belong, I had one big issue with them um, last week, and that was how weekly 
it was argued that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Die Hard is <laughs> obviously a Christmas movie. Yeah, that's what I said too. This I know, but you didn't come hard enough on it. It wasn't an actual debate on the show. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of a conceited point. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're like, yeah, I think it was Adam mostly. He's like, I'm tired of this argument. We've been talking about it every year for years. It's over. Revenge <laughs> was a dish best served cold, though. Yes. Yes. And then he said, uh, remember that. Uh, also check out davin's podcast he's got um locutors of trek his own star trek podcast where he does different uh segments uh debate nine uh the guitar challenge you got the writer's room segments uh different things uh what, what do you got coming up uh uh new well, uh, locutors we, of track well we kind of were on a bit of a christmas break there but now we've our recent next episode of the podcast on the tragedy of star trek uh, will be coming up is Discovery going to come up in that? <laughs> or Picard? Not you never know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Look, we'll bring up Discovery when it actually, you know, has something to say about it, one of our topics. It just often doesn't. Okay. What about X-rated? The X-Men. Like it came up in our time travel episode. Oh, well. The solicitude is appreciated, I assure you. Yeah, so check out uh, Davin's uh, X-Men, the animated series rewatch podcast called X-Rated, uh, which you, you do that every Thursday, right? Yep, coming up, uh, episode six, Cold Vengeance. Cold Vengeance. This one's for you, Morph. Yeah, Morph. What's Cold Vengeance? Which episode is that? It's the one where uh, Wolverine sneaks off to Canada. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I got tons of... Uh, <laughs> clips from it if you'd like to hear them. Your mutant healing powers can keep you alive on a chunk of ice in the middle of the Arctic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only your mutant healing powers could do it. Not a coat. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Cold vengeance. Yep. Oh, Cold that's vengeance. good. Also, check out my son Eamon's podcast. Let's talk about fighting games where you can find it on Spotify where they talk about video uh, fighting games. Uh, What's the host of that um, podcast? Sam Jerka, he's called Sam Jerka. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, and I think that's uh, I think that's it. I think we can uh, we can quick quickeningly uh, end on the quickening, which we all thought was pretty good. Um, more give or take. You know why? Because we are brothers. We are brothers. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, I'm gonna jump in with some Janoka reggae. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until then, live long in podcast. Have a great night. And um, and uh, 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 this is the quickening. This is the quickening. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you.